Building contacts within the sports broadcasting business. One of the most critical steps you'll encounter as you chase down broadcasting gigs. It's never too early to begin the process, especially when you're still in college. And we'll provide the roadmap for you to do so coming up on this edition of Sports Booth. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of Sports Booth, Episode 20, Networking and the NSMA. I'm your host, Matt McConnell. And a big thanks to Kevin McLeod for providing our music on what figures to be one of the most important episodes we've done to date. To have success in the sports broadcasting world, you'll need to learn to network. And that networking should begin right now, while you're still in college or early in your broadcasting career. The definition of a network, according to the new Oxford American Dictionary, is a group or system of interconnected things. And as you move along in your career, it's natural that your network will grow and the interconnection of yourself and acquaintances in the industry will get bigger as well. By networking with people in the sports broadcasting world, you are giving yourself an opportunity to leave a lasting impression, to open dialogue with those in hiring positions, and to sell yourself as to why you'd be a great hire. Networking allows you to show people in the industry your attributes beyond your demo reel. Maybe a simple cup of coffee, for example, with a sports team's general manager maybe a station manager, or maybe even a newsroom editor that allows you to showcase your personality, your drive and determination, and your willingness to work hard and fit into the culture. Without networking, you are simply a face on a demo reel, or a faceless resume, a random job seeker, one of 100 applicants, of which 99 are going to fail. So how do you begin the process of networking and developing professional contacts that could pay off down the road? Well, here to tell us about the process is Dave Gorn. He's the executive director of the National Sports and Media Association located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Dave is also a professor of practice in sports broadcasting at Wake Forest University and has over 20 years of local TV sports experience. He's also on the Dean's Advisory Council for the School of Communication at High Point University and is the sideline talent reporter for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons Radio Network. He's also an avid hockey fan and former standout adult hockey player in the Piedmont Hockey Association. Okay, standout might be a stretch, but he's the perfect person to have on Sports Boot today because of his knowledge of networking. Well, Dave, I got to ask the question about the Piedmont Hockey Association. Had you not retired, might Hurricanes wingers like Ryan Dezingle and Tevo Taravainen be worried about you coming out? Uh, the only thing they should worry about would be if they are DNP coach's decision. Because if you've <laughs> ever seen me play, uh, you would know that I am no threat to anybody, never mind on the professional level, but most amateurs. I was if not the worst, one of the two worst players on my team for the entire 15 years I've played. But just remember, every team needs a good 12th forward, right? Correct. Well, see, I was smart enough to get myself on the first line. And Perfect. That way, so I, I did not score a goal my first three years. Um, and I used to have these dreams at night where I would, a la Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr, skate through the entire 
opposing team and score, and I'd say it's never going to happen, never going to happen. And actually, opening night, my fourth season, I scored, and that opened the opened the floodgates to the to the tune where I was scoring up to six goals a year. Um, wow! I did now. I will go back to how I ended up on the first line. We are playing for the championship. My team won two championships in the 15 years, despite me. Okay. I'm on the first line, opening face-off of the championship game. I'm on right wing as a left-handed shot off wing. Okay, kind of the Centerman, European way. Okay. Because much better shooting angle. Because, <laughs> you know, I would miss open nets by five. Anyway, my centerman wins the face-off, skates right down. Shoots, goalie kicks it out, comes right to me with two-thirds of an open net, and I buried it, and we won by one goal. And See? I probably should have retired right there. Timing is everything in life, in the game of hockey, and in the, in the Piedmont Hockey Association too, right? Yeah. yeah big. Big, big, big. I, I wish I had a jersey. Um, Dave, I want to talk about the mission statement of the NSMA, and that is to develop educational opportunities for those interested in pursuing a career in sports media through networking, interning, mentoring, and scholarship programs. And I want to hone in on one word in that mission statement, and that is networking. It is a critical component to success. So if you're a student listening today, how do you begin that process? How do you begin to get to know people inside the industry? You're a 19, 20, 21 year old kid. I would imagine it's very intimidating. How do you get through that process? Well, I can, I can speak pretty well on this because I was that kid who was very intimidated coming out of college. In fact, it took me seven years to get my first full-time job in TV. And I did some part-time work in between, did some radio and some newspaper. Um, but I was really shy, you know, go figure, all of us introverts in this business. <laughs> so what's better today than when I was getting out of school 40-something years ago is we have this thing called the World Wide Web. And for my money, LinkedIn is as good a tool as you can use. If you don't want to call somebody up, and that was, I had a professor who said, call a bunch of people, you know, get, get yourself a list, call, say, will you do a 15 or 20-minute informational interview with me? Yep. And then at the end of that, you know, before you leave, say, do you have the names of three other people that you could recommend that I get in touch with? So that's one way to do it in person, which if you can get in person, that's probably the best thing. But LinkedIn is a great tool to use online where you can connect with people. Now they have to connect with you. And but the LinkedIn rule is that you're supposed to know the person. Well, I, I, I played the game and got around that. You, you join as many groups as you can. Uh, people okay. in your industry will be in. And then you're allowed to send connections, uh, connection requests. I got shut down for sending connection requests to people I didn't know. And Well, that's great advice, I mean, though. Get into the groups. Right. Get into the groups and then as many as you can that are related to your industry. Then you find the people in there and do that. Um, or if you are, you start building your connections and you go into those people can those people's connections and steal their connections because then you can connect with those people as well. And you know, some people are going to ignore it. Some people will say, I don't know you and try to get you kicked off LinkedIn, but you can always beg your way back on. I think I've been booted twice and now I have over, <laughs> over 17,000 connections. Most wow. of them, I don't know, but I always like to say, Mike, I'm not important, but my title sounds important. So <laughs> a lot of people say, okay, I'll connect. Um, but I've actually, um, met and networked and become friends with people through LinkedIn. So 
it's a great tool to get the electronic foot in the door. If you are in radio or TV, you can send demo reels to people through it. Yeah. You know, get their email addresses and then connect that way. Um, but, but use every tool available to you online. Um, there are all kinds of ways online to find, say you want to get into a local TV station in Phoenix. You know, you know what the call letters are, Google it. Who's the news director? If you can't find that, Google news director, ASAZ, news director, KPHO, sure. whatever. You'll eventually find the right person, find the email template that that company or that station uses. And, you know, what you can do, and I've done, you put a main one in and then go into the blind, blind one and do three variations. Sure. Matt.McConnell at coyotes.com. Matt.McConnell at Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes.com. M. McConnell at, so you can put as many as you want in there and maybe one of them will be the right one if you can't find the right one. So um, that's a great way to open the door. And, and, you know, it's all about warm markets and, and that's how you create warm markets. You, you develop those relationships and warm markets, you know, down the road turn into literally viable opportunities. And, wh and what I mean by that is once people get to know the student, if you're a student, once, once somebody gets to know you, they know what you're all about, they've seen your work, they will not forget you. And I've had that happen to me with some of the kids at Cronkite at Arizona State. They've made really good lasting impressions on me. I've liked their stuff. So if an American Hockey League job comes up or, or a job at the ECHL or something along those lines, I would have no problem recommending those kids, but it would have never gotten to that point had they ever reached out. Right. I mean, make sure that the person that you want to recommend you knows you. That's first thing. I had somebody reach out to me through LinkedIn the other day, said, hey, I work these basketball camps with coaches at Wake Forest, and I've done this. And I'm trying to get in to see if it's a good fit, and who do I get to? And I gave him the athletic director at Wake Forest name, here's his email, and here's his phone number. Would, would you be a reference for me with him? I don't know you. Right. So I can't be a reference for you if I don't know you or your work. So that's one thing. The story I like to tell is the semester I taught a class in sports broadcasting at High Point University. I had two guest lecturers come in consecutive weeks, and they both took that mantra because I was that stubborn kid. I never listened to my parents who said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I wanted to be, I wanted to be respected for what I, the work I did, period. Absolutely. What, yeah. what those two people said on consecutive weeks, it's not what you know, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So right. once you open that door, you show what you can do and make sure that that person who's the hiring person is the person we're talking about knows you. So when it comes time to hire for a position, they'll say, you know, that Matt McConnell guy really made an impression in that internship he did or that project that he sent me or that demo reel I saw. And so, you know, make that impression, follow up if you have to. You know, don't do it every day, obviously, because you want to find that fine balance, a fine line between being persistent and being a pain in the behind. You don't want to be the pain in the behind. So no, always no. Be positive and pleasant and, and willing to do almost anything within reason. So you'll be that person that will get hired. Dave, making an impression, I, I recently did a Zoom call with some students in the Northeast and we were talking about networking. 
I encourage them to reach out to local television executives and don't be shy. And I told them that if I had, if I was a, a TV executive at a, at a station or with a minor league team that I'm trying to get involved with, and I had somebody reach out and ask me, what do you look for when you're hiring people for your television station, for your ball club, for your hockey team, whatever, I would have been beyond impressed. I think that is a great option because so many times kids think all they need to do is be the best play-by-play -play person, be the best person on camera. It's not always just that. If you're going for a minor league job, you got to wear a bunch of different hats. And if you find out from the hiring manager what they're looking for, including sales, you're going to put yourself ahead of the ball game, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, I think the best thing you can do is, is show that you're interested, show that you care, that you want the job. Uh, I use one example, you know, the, the, the career I worked longest at, local TV sports in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I had sent a, a tape back in the day, demo reel tape, yeah. in April of 1988 for the sports director job and heard nothing for four months. Four months later, the phone rings, it's the news director said, didn't feel you're ready for the sports director job, but I have a number three job would you be interested in that? Number three sports job. I said, absolutely. So I wanted a full-time on-air job. And he said, send me another tape. Well, he didn't really like the second tape that I sent. But in the meantime, I took the time to call the guy who got that sports director job and said, what do you guys cover? What tools do you use? Do you have a satellite truck, microwave truck? What do you use? How much time do you get for sports at 6 and 11? So I showed that I was interested in the station and in the job. And the news director flew me down for an interview uh, same day and offered me the job on the way back to the airport. And wow. So uh, it wasn't because he loved my, the second tape I, I sent. He liked the fact that I could tell a story, which I showed in my first tape, and that I was interested and wanted the job. And, and then the other point, talk about you know, sales experience and having that, which I kind of wish I had had before I took this job because I'm running – a nonprofit organization. I had no business experience whatsoever. And one of the things I would re recommend and do recommend to college students is take at least one business class, even if you just want to be a play-by-play -play guy, because at some point in your career, it'll help you negotiate a contract. It will help you to understand the business from the other side. You know, what are, what's the general manager looking at when he does a, what is a budget? I mean, learn how to do a budget. Uh, <laughs> something that I had to learn you know, my wife does our home budget. I've never really done one uh, other than the time I was single before I got married. And, but now I have to do the budget for the company and do the, okay. you know, the payroll and do expenses that I have to send to our accountant every week, you know, the accounts payable and deposits. So learn about all that stuff. Get yourself a great you know, business framework or understanding of the business you're going into. And that'll help you in countless ways uh, either personally when you go do a contract or just to have an understanding of the business you're in and why some decisions are made that might not be popular. Dave, I do want to talk about interning and, and you know, that's something that I never did. My internship in a way was at co campus radio, right? And I, I did public access television. I had a couple of sales internships along the way, but that was more about just paying the bills yet down the road, it really paid off when I was going after the minor league jobs and I've explained the importance of sales before, but, but how do students go about it? How do they, how do they get to the point where they can find internships and then, you know, how do they make that connection? So how do you get an internship? 
put your investigative journalism skills to work and you, or you'll develop those as you do it. You know, if you are in say Phoenix and you wanted an internship in TV sports, you hopefully would know what the TV stations in the market are and say, okay, KPHO, here is the number, here is news director, here's the email address, K, what, SAZ, that's another station there, right? My, my, mm-hmm. my, my winning call letter Jeopardy <laughs> here, um, KPNX, right? Yeah, KPNX. There right. I go, KTAR, that's the radio station. So Fox Sports Arizona. There you go. So you, you find all those places that may have internships and you find the person who you think would be the person in charge of internships and you either call and or email and say, hey, I want, and do it early enough. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't, you can procrastinate all you, want, all you want with your studies, but if this is what you want to do for a living, don't procrastinate there. So say you want an internship in the, say summer of 2021, I would start, I would almost start now and say, hey, I'm just checking to see if you have any internships uh, for summer 2021. We do it about a year ahead. So again, who knows you? And, right. and then follow, follow up right after the first of the year, maybe before you go back to school for second semester. Because once you get going with your schoolwork, a lot of other things I know fall by the wayside. So keep in touch and say, hey, I'm really interested. Do you have anything available? I'm really interested. And, and if, here's the other thing. It kind of goes back to the sales experience. If you can show an employer, no matter what you do, that you can help make them money, you're going to be a valuable employee and they're going to want you. Absolutely. Most, most of what we do is you know, on-air talent. Um, we think we're important. You know, they could put a chimp in that chair. And if you want to watch Coyotes hockey, you'll watch the chimp. Nothing personal against you. Same thing with me. They could have put a chimp in my chair at WXI for 20 years and if you wanted the sports news and the chimp could deliver it, you would watch the chimp. That chips away at our negotiating power. But if you can show, so, if, you know, in my case, I always said, you know what, I just want, as I said earlier, I want to be recognized for what I do and that I do a good job. And I don't want to do all this other extraneous making speeches and do it. Well, as you grow up, you learn that that's important because if viewers think they know you, they'll watch you. And right. people would say, say to me, or said to me when I left after 20s, oh, you know, we really loved you and you do a great job. It's like, again, going back to that talent thing, it's like, you liked me because you got comfortable watching me five nights a week for however many years. Right. And, you know, grow up. That's kind of how it works. And you can be warm. You should be warm as an on-air person and have that kind of personality that people can relate to and think that I could live next door to that person. Dave, let me ask you this. Um, you know, here, here's the reality. A person goes for a minor league job in double A in the, in the South Atlantic, or the single A in the South Atlantic League, or they, 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 there's an opening in the Midwest League in A ball. What's going to happen is the, the general manager is going to get 100 demos. He's going to narrow it down to five. And those five guys, and I tell the students this all the time, those five guys are all going to make the claim why they're the best play-by-play broadcaster that the South Bend Cubs are ever going to hire in the history of the franchise. But none of them think past play-by-play. That's where the sales comes in. That's where how much money can I put in the owner's pocket comes in. But it's not just sales, right? It's PR. 
It's, um, it, it's getting along in, 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 a, in a sports environment, in a small, uh, small operation. So in a way, is it not all those other facets of, of, of the job and the, and the responsibilities, are they not just as important as play-by-play? Yeah, it's what are the things that set you apart from first that 99 other people and then those four other people as finalists, diversify your skill set. So right. if you're going for play-by-play, as you said, PR, you know, you're, you're doing social media, you know, learn how to shoot on your phone and, and put things out all the time. And the more, the more you can help expose the, and I hate the term, but the brand of whomever you work for in a positive way, you're going to make yourself more valuable. Figure out a way that makes you unique and what your, and what your skill set is and make that unique and then sell yourself. And, and there, there's a, I think a fine line between overselling and just right. And sometimes it takes time to find. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't sweat that, but just always be uh, deferential, be positive, be pleasant, and you know, have a winning personality and willing to do almost anything. You mentioned the brand. Okay, so you come from one of the blue bloods of broadcasting, the brand of Syracuse University. And Syracuse has just a phenomenal reputation of putting so many broadcasters into the business at the national level. Let's talk about the the high school kids that might be listening to this podcast, the kids that are trying to come up with where they're going to go to school. Should they go to a, a, a big blue blood school where they might have to, and this is nothing against Syracuse, same as Michigan State, ASU, mm-hmm. and everything else, but they have a decision to make. Should they go to a big school where they might have to wait their turn, or should they go to a smaller school that's got a real good program where they can get reps right away? How, how, do, you, how do you navigate that if you're in high school looking to get into broadcasting in college? A good thing to do would be develop a spreadsheet or a table of some sort and say, what are the things that are important to me? Uh, Academics, chance to work at the student radio station the day I walk in the door, chance to do some kind of TV production, blah, blah, blah. So at Syracuse, we, the student station at Syracuse was completely student run until my senior year. And you had to get cleared by your peers to be able to do play by play. So now this is going back 40 plus years. We had to sit in the stands at games and do play-by-play and do a tape recorder and take that cassette tape and give it to the, your peer student sports director or assistant sports director and get cleared to be able to do play-by-play. And that, and that you know, at Syracuse then it was competitive exponentially now so because sure. reputation has grown. Well, the thing to me that makes Syracuse stand out isn't all that and maybe the the fancy studio that they have and all that, to me, what makes Syracuse stand out is the alumni support that you will get. Uh, great point. Everyone yeah. I know who is in the business, and there are, as you mentioned, a ton, whether it's you know regional sports networks or, or local TV or networks, everyone I know, up to and including the Costases, Tarikos, McDonough's, uh, your pal Bill Roth from Pittsburgh, who spent yeah. seven years at Virginia Tech, now at ESPN, they will listen to student demos, and they will help. And, and that is that's fantastic. 
And for me, and you know, I'd be too stupid as a 17 or 18 year old coming out of high school now to make that a column in my table, you know, alumni support to help me get a job when I get out. Mm-hmm. So, but that's something you should look at. But as I said earlier, the internet's here. You can go, you know, say you are at ASU, find a town somewhere outside of Phoenix, or maybe maybe a high school inside of Phoenix that they don't have their football games or one of their sports online mm-hmm. video. And you can take a camera and you're the play-by-play person and maybe find a buddy who wants to do the same thing and you switch off doing play-by-play in color. And the bonus here is you could probably sell that package too, especially in a place that like, you know, maybe, maybe it's a softball hotbed and everybody in the town loves softball. And I'm using kind of instances around here where there was a one program. Well, they're not on TV and you can shoot their games. Right. And and you you put together a package and do it. Well, and you take those reps and that's great. And then you take the sales experience and you can tell the guy in Beloit, Wisconsin or Missoula, Montana, or wherever you're going for the job that I sold this package. If I can sell this, I can sell your team. And and I can, I can help you. Yes. And you know, if you take that attitude, I think, and, and you have, you have to be good. I mean, you can't be, horrible but the main thing in some <clears throat> excuse me in some people's minds is can can this employee help me make money absolutely so be that person bottom line okay l- l- dave let's talk a little bit about the nsma um i know the organization has student memberships how, how can the students get involved and in, and in start that process with the organization if you go our website is nationalsportsmedia.org and Right there on the top, all the tabs, either on your phone, it might be on the side. But um, there's a join today. We also have student chapters at different colleges and universities, and we're we're always looking to expand that number. So if you're at a fairly decent sized school, we, we ask that you have at least 15 people who'd be interested because right. the, the administrative work on our end is a lot. So we want to make sure that it's worth our while to do. Um, but if not, you could always be a student member and what that allows you to do is have access to our membership directory and you you might be surprised at the the names that are in there and you at least have access to email addresses. So say you're doing a student talk show at ASU and you see, Oh, there's Matt McConnell's email address is here. I'm going to reach out to him and see if he'd be on my student talk show. Sure enough. I mean, there's an end. I, they, they go right by that email, Dave. <laughs> move on to a, like a bigger guy like Dave Pash or so, another Syracuse grad, by the way. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one thing. And, you know, you've been to the awards weekend as a, as a state winner in Arizona. You, you know what that crowd is like during the awards weekend. Well, imagine being a student and showing up and there are a hundred plus sports media from all over the country there. Oh, it was amazing. They, and you, and you get a discount to attend the awards weekend. So then you're just hanging out and you find out as, so I got a call, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell two stories why, why I think it's, it's great. Seven or eight years ago, I, had a call, I get a call from a woman in Philadelphia who's said, this is Mrs. Lewis, I, I apologize, I don't forget her, I forget her first name. I'm sending my son Chris to your, to your uh, seminar that you do, and I'm trying to decide whether I want to spend the money to send him to the whole weekend. 
<laughs> I said, well, I'm obviously going to tell you yes, but here's why. And in 100 plus sports media from all over the, all over the country, uh, we do three nights of after parties, which they're networking sessions. And at right. any time during the weekend when there's nothing going on, there's networking going on. So he ends up coming for the whole weekend. And at some point during that weekend, he ends up talking to Bob Beeler, who is the play by, radio play-by-play voice of Boise State football and basketball, is our Idaho sportscaster of the year. Right. Well, Bob happens to tell him, now this is in June, or might have been in May still then, that the next season, the minor league baseball team in Boise is going to be looking for a number two play-by-play guy. Great. So Chris, who had... Chris, who happens to be a rising senior at Syracuse, goes back <laughs> to school, applies for that job, and gets it. Wow. To this day, he is still there. I think he's their main play-by-play voice. He is the backup play-by-play voice to Bob Beeler for Boise State football and basketball. He's the main voice of Boise State women's basketball. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he co-hosts a daily afternoon talk show with Bob Beeler, whom he met here at the awards weekend. That's amazing. I thought that was like the coolest story until two years ago. We had just, I guess it was our second year of a partnership with Fox Sports University. As part of that, Fox Sports sends a couple of chaperones and 10 students each of the first two years and 16 last year who have taken part in their program and they send them to our, we do a, a partnership with them and send them to our awards weekend. So I meet this young woman who she did her undergrad at Long Island University, Brooklyn, but was a master's student at Syracuse. Syracuse. <laughs> she, she had played, well, after, and really sharp young lady. And afterwards, she sent me her resume with her video links, which I, I always look at it. And she was really good, really sharp. She had played soccer as an undergrad until she blew out her knee. So she was doing color on, on, uh, on soccer broadcasts with Ian Eagle's son, Noah, who's now the LA Clippers radio. Yep. And was really good. Two months later, I get a, I have my first ever call with the president of the International Sports Press Association, of which we are their U.S. partner. Okay. So he said, we need to talk. And so one of the things, we do a WhatsApp call on the phone, my first WhatsApp call. And he said, one of the things you need to do for me is find me somebody to take part in our Young Reporters program who will cover someone from the States who will cover the, the women's under 17 world cup in Uruguay in November and December. Wow. So I said, happy to do that. So I sent all my contacts. I sent to her specifically because I remembered she played soccer as an undergrad and I saw her video. Mm-hmm. Well, she sends her material in two other young women sent their material in. I remember I recommended her because she had, she was the one who played soccer and I had seen her do something. Right. She ends up in Uruguay for three weeks, a year and a half ago, covering the Women's U-17 World Cup. Unbeknownst to me, the young reporters, and it was 16 people between the ages of 18 and 28 from all over the world, they have a competition among them. She won it. Oh. She ends up at the presenting awards at the International Sports Press Association Sport Media Awards in Lausanne, Switzerland, a year ago, January. Wow. Ends up at the World Special Olympics in Abu Dhabi a month later in February. Uh, the woman who is running the Young Reporters program was leaving to work for FIFA. The mentors in Uruguay recommended her to take her place. She decided not to, but she toured Italy and everything, and she got a nice free trip out of that. Sure. Uh, but FIFA ended up hiring her to cover the U.S. women's national team 
last June and July. She was in Paris for five weeks. Wow. Covering the U.S. women's national team for FIFA. So everything on their website covering the U.S. team was her. So that's all because she showed up at our awards weekend. And then finally she ended up uh, working for Learfield IMG College at Boston College a few months, maybe a month before everything got shut down by the pandemic. So she's for now at BC as, as a Learfield IMG digital communications person. All because she ended up here. That, that's an amazing story. And again, it's, it's, it's getting to know people, creating warm markets, and that can certainly ha- uh, happen and help uh, the students. The NSMA is, uh, I think, a great, great starting point for a lot of these kids that are just trying to figure out how to navigate the entire uh, landscape, if you will. Dave, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And my final question to you would be, if you could give the students one lasting piece of advice, if they forget everything else that we talked about, what would that be? It's uh, a good question. That's why it's the last one. That's why I saved it for last, right? I, I try. Um, <laughs> one, I'd say be yourself. And then I think maybe more, more timely advice would be a two-part piece of advice. Be patient because there are a lot of people who are out of jobs or losing jobs. Yeah. And the, maybe the most important part of part B of that is tell your parents to be patient mm. as, as parents. And I'm the, I'm the parent of a 22 year old and a 19 year old. You always want you know, get a job now, get a job and to get this because, because of what's going on with the pandemic, it's not going to be easy for most people. Now, having said that, It's a big election year, right? So local TV stations should be making it hand over fist with political ads. That might be someplace you want to look now, even if you don't want to do that forever. Um, I know some people have hiring phrases. Foot in the door. However you can get it in, get it in, and then you have to work toward what you want. That was actually, it might have been the same professor who gave me the advice I ignored 40 some odd years ago. (laughs) Uh, He told us, you would share the key to life at the last class and it was do what you want to do. There are obviously always mitigating circumstances to that, but that'll make you the happiest. Do what you want to do. You got to work for it. Dave, this has been great. Great information, great advice from a veteran like yourself. And I'm sure the students really appreciate it. Thanks for being on sports booth. Uh, and I hope to see you soon. Absolutely. If nothing else, I can, you know, my older son who I just referenced uh, works for Delta airlines and, he has flown to, ah. he, he's for some reason a, a Coyotes and Avalanche fan. So he's flown to playoffs in Denver. And uh, so maybe I'll just hop on that, uh, that free flight and come out to a Coyotes game. I, I got you covered on tickets. And now I know uh, who to call for that upgrade when I go back <laughs> to the awards weekend, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Happy to do it, Matt. It was a blast. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. Hi. You know, of all the people I know in the industry, Dave is as plugged in as anyone. And if you have an opportunity to attend the annual awards weekend or workshops, please do so. It's a great time and you'll meet people and, well, you'll network. And at the very least, consider joining NSMA. It'll be a valuable tool for your development. Again, go to www.nationalsportsmedia.org for all the details. Don't forget, if you have any questions regarding the podcast, email us at pxpquestions at gmail.com. And remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsBoothPod1. Thanks again to our guest, Dave Gorn, and thanks to you for listening to this edition of SportsBooth.